0: Hello and welcome to an episode of Not Without My Sister. Today we're going to talk about how bossy Rosemary is and what a really great collaborator I am. I'm Beatrice McCabe Hi and Rosemary McCabe. Thanks, Rosemary. And we're, no, today we're going to talk about being what kind of being the manager or the boss or being in charge. Being, you know, supervisor what are we like? Board. Correct, supervisor. Are we good? Are we bad? Are we indifferent? Are we self-aware? Do we know? Can Rosemary we're, remember from that one time that she was <laughs> in charge twenty years ago? <laughs> We should probably have other people actually on telling us what we're like, but here's our opinion of ourselves in terms of what we're like when we're managing people and how we like to be managed ourselves or how, what kind of, maybe what kind of direct reports we are. I I don't know if I'm very good. Oh my God, I was thinking about that on the way over. I was thinking about like, what would I say makes a good boss? And I was, I was thinking about like bad bosses I've had and I was like, I'm neither a good boss nor a good underling. It's bad news. Well, like, I always think it's interesting when we do these work exercises, like we have, you know, we do um, workshops or whatever. And people always, there's always inevitably, at least once a year, a question of who was a great mentor, name a mentor, list list a mentor, somebody who's been a great mentor to you Two in years. your life. Yeah. Oh. And I never can think of anyone. I always have to go back to secondary school to she who must not be named so she doesn't get a big head. But I'm like, that's the only person I could think of as a mentor. But maybe I'm just working in the wrong industry for mentors. I don't think... Anybody in fashion and like now design? Well, I mean, I have just never come across anybody who was super interested in raising me up. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's not the industry. And do you think you have ever been a good mentor to other people? Indeed, I have. I'm but very. I mean, is that something that you're aware of that you try to do? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. And I think you know, Julie and I set up an intern program, like in DVF, to bring people from ncad to get and actually and john galliano like very i was very we were very involved in a very interest in like giving people opportunities that were not necessarily holding out the hand that's right that's right up the ladder correct i mean i'm trying to think was there anybody that i would consider i mean the closest person to a mentor like i'll look where i want i'm thinking look me in the eyes your voice goes your voice voice goes all presentry when you start looking away because that's my (laughs) professional radio voice okay I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> the one person that I can think Stop. of. <laughs> the one person that I can think of. I mean, not to give her a big head as well, it's probably my friend Kirsty, who was my boss oh, yeah. at Stellar. Yeah. So she was the editor when I um, interviewed for the deputy editor job that I then ended up getting. And I worked with, like, under her for, I think it was probably a year. But even since then, she is somebody who I would go to for... Work advice, you know, if I'm going like, oh God, like, how much should I charge for this, or what should I say to this person, or how do I tell this person to bog off, or like recently there was a piece written about we talked about this there was a piece written about my pregnant my pregnancy announcement on an on an Irish site and I was really horrified by because I was just like I think the headline was something like you know Irish journalist announces her miracle pregnancy and I was like I never called it a miracle pregnancy it is a miracle pregnancy you're a fucking miracle pregnancy <laughs> you were a miracle pregnancy we were both actually miracle you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Miracle birds. no. But just the whole thing made me feel really uncomfortable. And I was talking to her about, it and I was like, "What should I usually ask him to take it down?" She was like, "You could totally, ask, totally ask him to take it down, or you could just totally ignore it." Yeah, but you're do slab, you know what I mean, You're slab with an S. What's S- slab. Shop. Sure. But no, but like she's still somebody who I feel like has always been very good at recognizing—not like recognizing talent. I don't mean that as in like oh well smoke my, own. my god, no. But like she, she, <laughs> she is good at that, and she's good at kind of going, okay, like this person could be really good, and then being quite generous with her time and her advice if she thinks it's worth it if you know what I mean it sounds to me like maybe I'm a mentor to you but you just hate my advice and because I feel like I give you the exact same advice as maybe Kirsty gives you and it's no, not welcome coming from me you're my number one critic Kirsty gives me advice I ask for you give me advice I don't ask for an unsolicited advice is criticism oh no so it's, our it's generous it's a generous no Beatrice use of my valuable time is criticism <laughs> According to who? Says who? According to everybody. <laughs> if everybody, if you think about it really now, if somebody gives you advice that you didn't ask for, what are, the, what are they really saying? They're saying. They're saying. You're doing that wrong. No. You could be doing that better. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, yes. Be, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> they're saying, they're saying, you know what? I'm spending time thinking about you. I'm using my brain power on you and I could be using it on one of my four children, but oh no, I'm spending time thinking about you and how you could better your life. I'm spending time thinking about you and all the things you're doing No, literally you said, you called me up and you were like, I can't believe this thing. Look at the stage of this article. And I said, isn't it great? Don't worry about it. Isn't it fine? I said, ignore it. That's literally what I said to you. And yet mine was unwelcome unwelcome criticism. No, no, no. Because, no, no, no. But that wasn't really, no. I don't feel like that was unsolicited advice because we were on the top. It was unsolicited because you didn't ask me. You never said, hey, mentor. Hey, mentor. Oh, my God. (laughs) Literally now, every time I call you, hey, mentor. Hey, mentor. More like D-mentor from Harry Potter. Hey, mentor. You're so proud of you. that. That yeah, was really was good. good. That's That's a, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm Pity proud of you. Pity she's a turf now. <laughs> that'd be good. No, but listen, back back to the point. I'm obviously not the boss of anybody but myself. And even then, you're the boss of me, apparently. So <laughs> you're <laughs> a mentor by out. your boss. Listen, you'd like, you'd like you know. A mentor is somebody who you go to for advice. And yeah. Who, like, Peter, let me finish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody you go to for advice and somebody who, like, helps foster your your best uh, self and really, like, kind of helps your talents shine, right? So tell me where this differs from our relationships. <laughs> You are somebody who comes up with ideas you don't have time to do yourself and you just want me to do them. That's what you, that's different. You're not helping me, like in my career, coming up with new career I, ideas that sound exhausting. Well, you know what? I asked you for that piece a couple of weeks ago that you never wrote for me. Oh my God, I didn't write back to that email. I actually thought about that yesterday when I asked you for a piece. I was suddenly like, oh my God, did Beatrice ask me to do something? I did and you didn't do it for me. Yeah, well, listen, that's a good lesson for you. I'm not going to do everything for everything you ask because you're not my Apparently you are my mentor which is very different. Anyway, back to the point. There's one time one period, one glorious period for me, but not for anyone else, when (laughs) apparently when I was a boss of sorts, when I worked in Zara, when it opened for the first time in Ireland, and they had a very long and laborious interview process. And anyway, I got like selected from a pool of three thousand people. Only five but I have no idea how many people went for anyway I was I was selected oh as cashier, and then after our training, I was I was given the role of deputy head cashier, which like definitely went to my head. It was nineteen <laughs> or something. I, was, I am amazing at numbers. I'm really. Good. I just on my leave and Of course, I was just got like a B one in honors maths. I was at how my many points did you get again? <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, <gasps> oh, what a weird question. That is a weird question. You know, some you know a guy asked me that once. What? Um, I w- I was chatting to him. I think I'm, I think I was talking to him on Tinder, and I said something about a book I'd read. And he said, "Say you're really smart. How many points do you get in the leaving?" This is when I was, was about thirty-two. That. I was like, "No, that's that's <laughs> not it. That's not the way to go." I'd say you're very smart because oh, I read I one bet. book. No, I guarantee you were like five hundred and thirty. Where were we going? No, up? I wasn't. I actually said I couldn't remember, which which hurt me because I wanted mm-hmm. to say five hundred and thirty, but I was like, "Can't remember." was trying to be dignified. <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to tell him. I wanted to show off. <laughs> anyway, so I was deputy head cashier, right? It basically meant that when the head cashier was off, I was the, I was the head cashier. And what were your responsibilities in this role? So in Zara, they have a really strict split between who deals with the cash and who deals with everything else. And so nobody who's floor staff is allowed to go behind the, behind the tills or allowed to do anything. So at the end of the day, you cash up all the tills and then you put it all together and you have to, I don't know, like reconcile what you have in cash and what you have in credit cards versus what you're supposed to have on the computer and then figure out where any discrepancies are coming from. And if there's a difference, you have to start all over again and cash out all the tills again. Like, So you're basically responsible for the money that comes in and out on any given day. Now, for the first couple of weeks, they had extra head cashiers shipped in from London, I think, to help us because I think the first day we took in a quarter of a million, it was people, they went mad for Zara. Actually, I remember, weren't there lines, at, weren't there oh lines like overnight, etc.? Yeah, there were lines overnight. There were lines all day Georgina and Nikki, Georgina Hearn and Nikki from Westlife, queued up, queued up at my till, and I said, "Oh my god, my mum bought VIP magazine just for you guys' wedding." Why did I say that to them? Why did I even? Why didn't I just act cool like I didn't even know who they were? It was absolute sap. And years oh. later, Nikki blocked me on Twitter. I can't the why did he event. Block you? I think because I was talking about how it was ridiculous that he got his own radio show when like thousands of people have been working in radio for years. It was ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> he's just one of the many radio DJs who blocked me. <laughs> Joe Duffy blocked me for a while, Beatrice. Oh you know, what if I had a grievance? Oh who would I talk to and I couldn't oh talk to Joe? Oh <laughs> did do? I don't know. I actually don't know about Joe Duffy. PJ Gallagher blocked me as well. I don't, I don't know who that PJ is. Gallagher, I don't know who that comedian. is. I'm now radio host. So are you telling me you don't have a future in radio? That's why you're doing podcasts? Right? God, probably not. I when not I think about it. I've often wondered why I didn't get picked up for my own radio show. And oh. now that you say that, safe, I'm like, maybe that's why they all hate me. Niall Boylan list. blocked me, as well, Adrian Kennedy. I can't. why? What were you saying about just them? Male radio DJs can't take the truth. They're very sensitive. What yes, were you saying? Sensitive. I can't remember. I was on the Adrian Kennedy phone show once as well when I was a teenager. Called in. <laughs> to give my opinion. Oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I can't believe Joe Duffy blocked you. Are you still I blocked? Know. No, he's unblocked me since. But I think he changed his, to, I don't know, I don't know. That's a mystery that I'll get go, with you can... go with him to his grave. So why did this Adrian guy block you? Oh, Adrian Kennedy, I don't know, I think. We were arguing about something, can't remember. I think you do remember. No, no, I actually can't, no, no. Jeremy Dixon is another one who's blocked me. He's, he's another radio DJ. <gasps> They're all men, Rosemary, is there, is there a common he just thread here? Or... You hate me, that's what I'm telling you. Jeremy Dixon actually tweeted one day something about how Oh no! What was it? He tried to add me as a friend on Facebook after he blocked me, right? And then I tweeted and I was like, like, hey, hey, Jer, like, if if you want to be friends, maybe unblock me on Twitter first, or like, whatever. And he was like, I did not friend you on Facebook. I went to the bathroom at work, and one of my colleagues, knowing how much I hate you, (laughs) (laughs) tried to add you on Facebook. So petty, so petty! (laughs) It's literally like, how, how often do you talk about me at work that your colleagues are like, you know who he really hates? Friend or on Facebook? Oh my God, another one! Uh, your man Ray Shah put up a Facebook post. He's another a radio DJ. Put up a Facebook post one day about I would like to punch me in the face. What? It's yeah. a bit strange. Sorry, why you're laughing? It's very violent. It's not very, not very nice. You no, know, it wasn't nice. I can't, but I'm still back with the friends on Facebook again. When it gets to I'm like, how do they all have his password? This sounds extremely sketchy. Just left Facebook open and like dope. <laughs> I can't. Put but he's—he's he's like one so of these. Be their idea of a laugh. Like, do you even see? You don't get alerts. Like, how would? How? Oh God, I can't even. Were you just supposed to accept it? Were they expecting you to accept, it and then he was going to get the shock of his life when it was like Rose became this accepted? You're, no idea. I like, can't believe he bothered to write back. Like, all I rate. I was not trying that to that be was your not friend. Me. That was one of my friends playing <sighs> playing a joke, like. Oh. we like to play jokes on each other in the office cuz we're lads. Like, that's a, they they sound like a gas gang of lads i'd have to say he basically has this like shock jock show where he'll put, you know come on and be like you know a dublin mother on welfare was spotted buying a 25 grand car what do you think about this you know this kind of shit oh, he's like one of these radio shows so like but obviously a very thin skin at the end of the day despite you know Doling it all out to the to rest of the nation. One particular argument Gosh. sparked our initial feud. I mean, you were very argumentative for a while. I was very argumentative for. I, mean, I still am now, but just not on Twitter. Just in real life. You did say lots of inflammatory things, but I mean, that doesn't mean you should be getting punched in the face or threatened with that either. Maybe oh he top. left the balloons outside your house. I'm not even joking. Oh my god, stop! The the punch in the face thing though was when I'd written a piece about how people shouldn't overexpose their kids online. And it was so weird because it was like everybody's written like everybody like this has been in every newspaper with someone saying yeah. We really shouldn't overexpose our kids online. And like my point was, if I recognize your kid in the supermarket from Instagram, that's a bit weird. And also, like, if I can tell what school your kids go to, because I've seen their school uniforms. And if I know, you know, the road you live on, it's just like none of it's safe. That so I was like, it's all really dodgy. And also kids can't consent like they're too young. And when they're older, how are they going to feel about their whole lives having been documented on Instagram or whatever? Like it was not... I've written a lot more inflammatory shit than you, that. news you have. I have. And, and a lot of, like, a lot of mums and dads, Beatrice in Dublin, got very annoyed. Anyway, so about back it. to you complimenting. Back to Sorry. you. Back to you. Back um, to me being the boss. Back to you complimenting Nikki and Georgina and just oh, yeah. fangirling. Nikki, yeah. oh fangirling over them. <laughs> oh, my God. That just made the blocking even more. Anyway, I'm <laughs> really angry about that one. I can't so believe like it. I complimented you in public. Actually, do you think it was a comp? I'd say they were probably insulted. Like you're the nineteen-year-old, you're their target demo, and you're like, "My mom loves you." <laughs> <laughs> she probably was a bit of, a bit of a bitchy uh, yes. I'm glad now. It was I'm, a bit I backhanded. Hope, I, I, you know what? I hope, I hope he he heard me say that and he went, "All oh, my stars on the wane." I hope <laughs> I hope that made him feel bad now because of what came later—the blocking, <laughs> petty, petty. Anyway, I was working Zara. I, thought, I, I mean, I thought it was very fair while I worked in Zara. I do remember like. You know, I wasn't. um, What? Yes. Well, I'm just. I was. Like, I definitely liked a rule. Oh, right. And if there was a rule in place, there was a rule in place for a reason. And if you're supposed to be in an at your till at five to nine, you're supposed to be in an at your till at five to nine. So I do remember more than once being quite like snippy with my fellow cashiers. So 19 year old me being in one day as head cashier, and somebody would come in at like nine o two and be like, "Sorry, the bus was late," and I'd be like, "It doesn't matter." You need to go up and open your till right now. You're late. (laughs) I literally remember. (laughs) Absolute knob. Oh my God, absolute knob. Like, why? And I think it was because I'd be getting stressed that, like, the floor manager would be coming around going, why isn't the till upstairs open? And you're also like, it's fucking Zara. Why was it... Why were we so obsessed with opening all the tills in those days? Now you go into a Zara and there's one till open in the furthest back corner. Like, now they don't seem to care about opening all the tills. Back then, I'm telling you, it was like... Well, they had to get that half, that quarter of a million in the tills. It's only one day. Never, never to be repeated. God, um, amazing. I, I, I'd say after the day Pennies opens, after after the latest lockdown, there's going to be... Well, especially after we saw that last video where they were all... I mean, and I didn't really know that like Pennies was such a... I mean, I know people get their undies in pennies, but people seem to really miss buying new undies from that video we watched. Yeah, was it, was it an Ortea News piece? Yeah, or it like, was an Ortea News piece. And everybody was like, need me need, need some more knickers. But like loads of people seem to be saying that they go in and buy new knickers every two weeks. Which was the biggest mystery to me. That I know, I well, like, I know. I was like, I've just been doing out? out. Am I doing this all wrong? That's what I was I wondering. Know, I've been like in the bathroom looking at my flexi-fits going, is that a hole now? Or is <laughs> that just like a little bit of wear? You know what I mean? I'm like, does that classify as a hole? Does it need to go in the bin? Or can I wear them? And I'm like, I'm nearly always just like wear them a couple more times. But I mean, I, need ha- more flexi fits. I really need to go through my underwear drawer, as I believe I've stated before. And like, I can't even close it, right? It's so jam-packed. But there are only about four things in the underwear drawer that I actually wear. And they're all flexi-fits. They're all flexi-fits, yeah. Every other pair of knickers gets passed over every single day. And then I'm like, oh my God, I hope there's some flexi-fits out of the wash. I hope it's like... I mean, I just really need to get rid of everything else. You do, you know? And I mean, and, and when I look at them, some of them I think, I've probably had this for 20 years. Like, that's not very... But I mean, I've never worn it. Yeah, in the, no, no, I've I had know, it for 20 years. You're not, you're not wearing them three times a week. And I'm not about to start wearing it, is my point. Because oh, I've yeah, never, like, it's it's this thing where I'm like, and the, some of them are too are too small as well. And you know the infamous, like you buy it, it's too small. And you go, well, I'll fit that now in a couple of weeks. And then I'm like, 20 years later, I'm obviously not about to fit it. So I just need to face. And also, it's probably hideous because it was 20 years ago that it was looking cute. You should do that today. I, I, I'd love to go up and do that now, but I'm not not. <sighs> Maybe I will do that today. I to pack my own Maybe house this week. I'm moving this, I did, I tidied the house this morning. morning. I tidied the house this morning, though, and I feel like I've got some work to do, so I feel tired. You're going to leave this room and that house is going to be back to... I can't. I know. Anyway, so when I was then leaving Zara, I think I was in Zara for about... Six months And then I basically I had applied for a job in this Because I'd taken a year out Between school and college Because I wasn't really sure What I wanted to do I was like faffing around And I had applied for a job In the civil service As clerical officer On mother's urging She's like great That's great to get in the civil service You get in early And you work your way up She literally was just She's just trying to mould Her mini me I know She loves civil service I mean it was grand I did nothing and I got paid for it it was great and I worked in Stephen's Green so it's just like right, so Did you see that day. person in Italy who got arrested for having gone to for allegedly like for having been paid for 15 years and never showing, oh, up, no, to showing work. up to work Yeah That was amazing It was amazing I was like that was it's pretty impressive Oh yeah I'd love that I would not love that obviously <laughs> anyway when i left zara then because i got this job i finally got offered this job in the civil service about nine months after i'd done my interview or whatever and mom was like great pensionable job." and actually zara paid more like unsurprising because the civil service when you go in at the bottom level doesn't pay that much and you loved working in zara i Wait, loved and you in zara. worked in Marks and spencer see so you, you no, i never worked in my I I sorry sorry i meant to say brown thomas and i worked in brown thomas for, i didn't i didn't love brown thomas as much oh i thought you did but you were nobody's boss right Oh, no, thank God for everybody involved. <laughs> but when I left Zara, I basically, like every single person who signed my card said something like, I won't miss you bossing me around, but I will miss you, <laughs> Laura. Kiss, kiss. Like literally everyone said something about how bossy I was <laughs> in the card. <laughs> like to 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 the to the extent that I was like couldn't even i couldn't even feel nice but the government even like everybody like I was like everybody hates me it was like a nightmare, <laughs> but it goes back to, it's your organizing it's your organizing side like they're always or you know always in charge, always making the lists, always forming the clubs that was your background that was my background, but I also think. Like, I'm really not a good delegator and I don't have a huge amount of patience for explaining things. I'm like, I really shouldn't because I'm like, what if I do want to go back to the workforce some days? And then this podcast <laughs> is going to be online, basically telling every prospective boss, do not hire her to either manage people or be under people because she won't be able for it. Well, I have a full time job, Rosemary, and every now and then you ask me questions that are extremely inappropriate that I cannot answer because, same. Well, I mean, yeah, but that just goes to show you're smarter than I am. You're, you're you're a strategic thinker. But I don't like, like, I just don't have the patience to explain things to people. So, you know, sometimes when you're t- trying to delegate something, you're like, would you mind doing this? And it needs to be done like this. And then you're like, I'll just do it myself. So I could basically take a job where I am the boss only of myself in an office on my own. So basically what I'm doing now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'd, but I'd you'd like to get paid a lot more. And a pension. Yeah. And a pension and some health insurance. And paid that would, all this would, would be great. good. That would be good. Paid maternity leave. I mean, I'm thinking, like, what? Am I a good manager? Well, I was talking to Kim about this today. Oh. No, much am Oh. <laughs> well, you could. You should have for background, I for know, research, for answer. this. I mean, I feel like I'm grand. I think I'm okay. I think it... Hang on, hang on. Let's just let's just rewind for a second, Beatrice. You work in corporate America. You yeah. think how would you answer this as a corporate American? I was about to say you're sounding very i and grand. I think I probably like it's hard. I think my job at this point point is a lot of it is about communication, right? Is about making sure that everybody has the same information. Because I'm like I have you know, i mean, like I have access to lots of information that then needs to be disseminated among the teams, you know? And then the teams do, like, do the work. And then I'm kind of supposed to be communicating. Like, I re- I realize I'm in meetings where I'm like, this is the fifth time I've been in this meeting, but every time it's a different group, you know? Yeah. And I realize that that's actually a huge part of my job, which over time, like, you don't really notice and then over time you realize, like, you're not in this meeting because we actually need your input. We're in this meeting so you can share the outcome of this meeting with your manager or somebody else. Like, that's actually your job. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I get you. And so I think... I probably like need to figure out a better way to communicate that kind of information and make sure people know, because I think so much is happening all the time that maybe I'm not the best at it right but I also think I just want to keep going like I'm not super keen on slowing down and telling everyone what's going on like, I'm analyzing just, what's happened this week or the results of um no not so much I more mean like I I'm like come on we're wasting time here we need to keep we need to keep moving you know okay, and yeah, I think I a lot so. of people want to well just slow down and let's talk about what happened and let's and I'm like okay we talked about it we we did that I feel like I want to move more maybe more quickly than some people do yeah. you know but that's just my nature right I'm not like super keen on I don't know, the, you know, getting it all, making making it all look fantastic. I'm like, do you have what you need? Let's go. You know, yeah, and yeah, I think I that's not how everybody behaves. And I think it makes some people uncomfortable. I didn't get that officially. You know, I didn't get that in an official email. I didn't yeah. officially hear that through the correct channels. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people, like personality wise, like to wait for everything to be in the right place and like for the perfect Environment or situation in which to move forward with this project, whereas you're definitely not like that. Like, no, even conversations that we've had about the podcast or about things that we want to do, and I'm like, oh well, we shouldn't do that until we're at X, and Y, Z. You're like, why not? You know what I mean? Whereas I'm kind of going, let's wait for the perfect condition so that we know that we have like X number of followers and that we have this and that we have that. And you're like, but like, why not just do it now? Yeah, I think I think I'm yeah. And yeah, yeah. like, I don't mean that in I don't mean that in a critical way or or like to make you sound impulsive. I mean, I'm sure you can be impulsive, but I, I think more that like, I'm probably more cautious, well, not even cautious isn't the right word. I'm just probably like, don't no. do that now. No, I think, just yeah, probably <laughs> right. No, but I think you, you're somebody, you like to have a plan. You like to know, oh, you like to plan. know where you're going. Oh, you hate a plan. I love Yeah. A plan. And I'm not really, I'm more like, it's fine. We'll figure it out. Like I'm, we'll build it as we go. Whereas yeah. I think you're more like, let's build it and then let's go. And yeah. And you're also like, if it's good, that's that's enough and I'm like no, no no, no, but it like has to be good in the right context and like with the right audience and and you were kind of like yeah but like I think you you were very much like if we build it they'll come whereas I'm like well, we have to wait for them to come before we build it yeah and I mean probably somewhere in the truth is somewhere, somewhere in the middle, middle yeah. is the truth you know I also I was thinking back like when I started managing though and I see this in a lot of people a lot of more junior people as well like a lot of new managers because I mean the managing is the one thing like it's probably one of the most important things you do right in a job if you are a manager and it's, there's like zero training. There's just this assumption. I am going to say that, yeah. That like, like any managers I've worked with as well, you've, you, like you see them become managers and it's more through like time and tenacity than actual skill or suitability. Yeah, suitability. Because right? yeah. like, not everybody, I don't like, and I think it's hard because progression, like in corporate America especially, is, you know, if you're going to progress, you're probably going to run a team and you're probably mm-hmm. going to, like you're going to have people underneath you. Whereas... You know, what if you're just an amazing contributor? Like I was talking about this with somebody the other day. Like, shouldn't we figure out what are the roles that don't need to manage people? Like, I don't actually think that, especially in design, it's not necessarily always beneficial for people to be distracted by managing other people. And yet, like, they're going to kind of get capped at a certain point with like, well, they can't, you know, why are we paying them this? They don't manage anybody. They're not at that senior level. Like, we need to figure out like how to reward, you know, if you're an individual contributor, that's amazing. Because if I want you to like if you're a designer, isn't it better for the company that you're designing than that you're spending your time managing people? Yeah, yeah. You know, and in some places you'd have like a studio manager, but I've never actually seen, like I wonder if the designer should actually report to that studio manager where it's more about your time off or, you know, your personnel issues, etc. Yeah, and then, like an admin kind of thing. Yeah, but I don't think people, you know, then at the same time that's another headcount so it all becomes like, well, wouldn't you be better putting those funds against another designer? Well, yes, yeah, but, yeah. Like, who's, but like, where's the output? a really good point that for people who, either don't want to or who are not suited to managing other people what is the career track if they're in any like any kind of company really like it doesn't have to be super corporate America it doesn't have to be a big company you know doesn't have to be a startup could be something really small like if you're not the owner Mm -hmm. and you're not somebody who's who wants to manage people or who could or should be managing people where do you go like where is there to go is there nowhere Should you just become an entrepreneur like me? Probably. Well, I was thinking, well, I was going, flashing back though to like when I first started managing people and I think I was like much less flexible, you know, like you were saying the the kind of it's 902 and I was much more about like, where are they going? You know, what's going on? Why are they late? And why aren't they as engaged as they need to be? You know, but they didn't do this correctly. Whereas now, like I just kind of go, you know, people are all adults and I presume most people come to work and want to do a good job, right? Like it's, you kind of have to assume positive intent to a certain extent. But I also think it's interesting because I still see like lots of people, lots of managers, lots of senior level people kind of still say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm out tomorrow. I'm going to X, Y, and Z. And mom always said, I'll be out tomorrow. You know, I'm taking, yeah. like you're entitled to your time off. You don't have, to, you don't have to tell them yeah. where you're going and you should never ask where they're going. I'm like, I do see people that, and I always write back and say, that's great, thanks. The future, you don't have to tell me. Like, yeah, that's up to you. You know, you're, you can apply for your time off. As long as you have your work done. I mean, I assume if you're applying for two weeks off, that you're comfortable, that you have your work done. However, I have discovered that that's not necessarily the case. People are like, oh, well, you said I could take it off. But like you didn't finish your project. Yeah, but I was on vacation and I go, well, I I assume that if you're going to apply for it, that you have what needs to be, you know, I'm not not sitting on everybody's heads, but there is kind of this, you know, I think there's some people, some people, like everybody's so different. I think that's the thing about managing. Like you really are, your entire time can just become people management. Yeah. And there's always something happening. It's always somebody in flux or somebody having, you know, a crisis or something, a family issue or a health issue. a personal thing or a work thing. I remember reading a book by Gary Vaynerchuk who I I subsequently went off. Surprise, surprise. Uh, No, um, I read a few of his books and then I watched his YouTube videos for a while. I just found him very like shouty in that way of like men who are like, you know what you need to do? You need to step up and you need to do this. I'm not good at that. No, but one of his books that I read talked about how when you become a manager, you nobody tells you this but you're actually then working for the people you're managing that you were there to yeah. facilitate them as opposed to the other way around and he's like that's one of the things that he found hard when he became a manager for a company he's like you know people like there were all, all these demands on his time where people would be like you know can i have a meeting to discuss this or can i have a meeting to talk about my project or even my personal issue or like a hr issue or whatever and he'd be like no i'm busy but he didn't realize at the time that actually that was part of his role was to serve them yeah i think um you just reminded me, I think it's really hard as well being promoted into a new role, right? When you've done the previous role and if you're promoted into a new role, it's really hard to know that transition of like, what are my new duties? Like, I think I see loads of people who become managers and still do their old jobs. I was about to say, it's really hard to let go. Yeah, well, it's really hard to to understand because because so much of job descriptions are vague, like, you know, manage the this, manage the day-to-day of the database. Whereas like then when you're a manager, it's more like, Oversee the management of the database, and you're like, what's really the difference between yeah, like, yeah, managing and overseeing? Yeah, Because yeah. you're you're doing one, whereas you're you're not. Like, I mean, your job is obviously not to watch other people doing the work. You know what I mean? You're also, but like, it's hard to understand what those, like my like uh, my role changed recently, and it is hard right now to understand what I need to give away, and like under mm-hmm. and, and literally, and then also having that kind of um, organization or like the just even the I mean maybe. What am I trying to say? Like having the organization, like being organized enough to sit down and say, I'm giving this thing that I do to you. And this is what it looks like. And here's what you have to do. I mean, I haven't done that yet, yeah. but I realized over the weekend I was like, I think I actually have to sit down and say, I'm not going to do these things anymore. And it makes me incredibly uncomfortable because to yeah. the point of like not delegating some of it, I enjoy as well. You know, some of it, like I really like some of the things that I'm going to give to other people. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, kind of want to keep them, but it's not. Like, it's not, doesn't make sense with your new role and your new responsibilities. I used to hate doing handover documents. That was my number one least favourite thing to do at work. You know, and you'd be leaving or if you were taking on a different role, they'd be like, will you do a handover document for the new person? I'd be like, I'd rather sit, I'd rather have them just shadow me for a week so I could talk them through things. Whereas, like, sometimes when you'd leave, the person wouldn't be starting until, like, the following week. And you'd have to just do this, oh, this tedious document. I also have to question, like, how useful is it really? Because it's so abstract, you know? I do this. What does that mean? When do you yeah. do it? Like, what time of the day do you do it? And how, to what level of detail do you yeah, do it? I but do think shadowing like, is much better. In loads of jobs that I've done, like, here's how I do this. You could do it completely differently. Yeah. yeah. And just as well, if not better. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, not that, I mean, well, I was I actually, actually good say, at Not better. Not better. Not better. I, was good, I mean, I was good in some jobs. But like, quite seriously, you know, I keep thinking now, this is not related to managing, but the one thing I've dreaded the most in every single job is the leaving. Oh. It's Why? The worst. Why? Because it's really awkward. It's really awkward. It's it's also the whole kind of... The whole mechanics of like writing a letter as well. Do you know what I mean? That you're supposed to hand... Like you're supposed to have written notice. So it's not even a natural... Hey, do you have time for a 10-minute meeting? You sit down and you go, Hey, I've been offered this opportunity and I'm going to move on or whatever. You have to hand over this. Like I was like, I remember when I handed in my notice... Um, in a job I was in, I was like, I am um, uh, this like I have <laughs> like, like like I almost felt like I was handing drugs across the table. You know I mean? I'm like, oh, this is, I have this thing in an envelope, and it's for you. And that was actually the weirdest thing. Like when I handed in my notice at one particular job, I remember my boss being like, "Oh, like you know, I'm really surprised. Is there anything we can do to change your mind?" And blah blah. And I was like, "No, not really," you know, and. and they said oh you know could we offer you more money and i was like no it's, it's like honestly not about the money i think i just would be happier doing xyz and then that person never spoke to me again oh yeah that Literally happened would to me not too even say hello to me Would not like didn't didn't say goodbye didn't say thank you nothing like, i'll tell notes. you i'll tell you one thing that i thought about that when you're i mean you're a very direct person right i think you're pretty direct i think you know you're pretty out there like you're very um Honest, you don't have a lot of things that are secret, right? No, I mean, I can be very direct, but I can also be like, I really dread any kind of confrontation, I'll really put off. Well, that's what I was going to say. So, that's one I, I had a book recommended to me this week called Crucial Conversations. Have you ever read that? No, haven't read it yet either, of but I but um my friend Tracy recommended it to me and she was like, this changed her life, right? And you know, I love a good workbook. So you I'm do. going to purchase it and report back on it. But like, I think that I am very direct and I think that is something that I have developed over the years. Like, I mean, I'm direct, you know, in your personal life, you are and you aren't. Like there are moments when you are and then there are moments where you try to get around to something. You're you know, why direct with me. I why I'm direct with you. I wouldn't mind if you try and get to <laughs> more things with me, to be honest. But I think like, I think it's a good thing, but I also realized recently that not everybody likes that. Like not everybody it makes some people uncomfortable, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't want to have to have, to your point, that confrontation. They yeah. don't want to address the elephant in the room. They don't, like, you. they feel put on the spot. Like, I always thought people mm-hmm. appreciated it. Mm-hmm. And now I realize it really depends Not on the person. Does, yeah, like, that they don't want to sit down and have this conversation. They want you to put it to them in an email so that they can think about it. Or exactly. Like hours. Yeah. But I was going to say the reason I think I have become much more direct is because, it kind of goes back to communication, but it's more about, like, people understanding you, you know, people want to know the why, right? This is what I always hear. And I was told like, you need to explain. So instead of saying, I like this, I'll say, I like it because I think this is brand appropriate because, right? So I'll always give that context because like, without it, you know, it's just if I'm out for a week, they're like, there would be interest like this would be just not like this, you know, whereas they can go, oh, she would like it because it speaks to the same thing that we, well, and at the end of the day, I'm trying to like also say, it's not about me, it's about the brand, you know, so is this brand appropriate? What are your filters, etc. But from a personal communication, like communicating with somebody who reports to you, you know, if you're unhappy with their performance, like that's really hard, right? Because you don't want to sit down and go like, you're crap, you know, also have to give examples, you know, here are the Mm -hmm. things, blah, blah, blah. But I remember one time I sat down with this girl and she was a designer and she was, wogious, right? Like genuinely wogious. This was maybe 10 years ago, right? Actually just and pleasant, but also weirdly lazy, right? Like always showed up with, oh, I just didn't get the work done. or Oh, I'll have it for tomorrow, you know, and everybody else would be there with their stuff done. Like, of course, with their stuff done, mm-hmm. like that's your job, you know? Yeah. And then I pulled out a resume and I didn't hire her. I pulled out a resume and I was like, oh, this job that she's doing, she has zero experience in. And I was like, maybe this is why, you know, so yeah. I, so I said, I'll sit down with her and and have a conversation. So we sit down and have a conversation. I go, you know, I pulled out your resume. Can you tell me, you know, why did you apply for this job? Well, I love it. I really love it. And I go, well, I really don't think, you know, that you're fulfilling the role as it needs to be done or whatever, you know, and, you know, I don't know that you really have the right skills and we can think about if there's another role that would be suitable for you. But if I don't see improvement or, you know, something over the next world, we're going to have to talk about next steps, which could potentially be an exit, right? Yeah that's what I thought I said right I think I did say s- stuff around that but I think I also filled up the space in between with a lot of like joking you know and okay, platitudes yeah, yeah. etc like chatting and trying yes. to ease the blow kind exactly of and at the end I said okay why don't you repeat back to me what I just told you to make sure we're on the same page and she goes you really like what I'm doing you're happy with me in my role and just we will going to touch base again in a couple of weeks just to make sure that we're both still in a good place and I'm like absolutely the polar opposite of what i just said but it was really eye-opening to me and like that people like have a have an image of themselves i mean i'm sure i do too and that to hear from somebody else that the their perception of you is so at odds with your own image like you cannot you know you have got to be super direct because people do not hear what you're telling them basically they hear what they 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 genuinely hear what they want to hear or what they're comfortable hearing you know she was not remotely bothered, not phased at all, even after like we spent another 15 minutes clarifying, no, she was not doing a good job. So I think I've become like over time as a manager, I'd say that's probably one of the things I am direct. I try to confront issues. I try to not let things go on, Mm -hmm. you know, and because I think there's nothing worse than here are the five things you've done that have annoyed me over the last six weeks. On Tuesday, the 4th, you did this and it was really annoying on, you know, Friday, like that's, so crushing to hear. And I also think yeah, it's a yeah. self-fulfilling thing. Like if you start telling somebody that you're not happy with them, like you have to sit down at the beginning and say, hey, this is going on. How are we going to fix it? You know, or are you interested in fixing? Because that's the other thing. Sometimes yeah, yeah. people don't want to fix it. They're like, well, that's your, that's your problem. You know, it's not a problem for me. It's a problem for you. And that's really hard. But anyway, so I think I'm very direct. and I And again, like I said, it's not good with everybody. So I have to, to figure that to part out. If like anybody who you have managed in the past or who you currently manage... Is listening to this, I'd love to know what they're thinking. I'd love to know if some of them are going direct me whole. <laughs> Speaking of perceptions of self. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I I'm also think naturally sarcastic. I'm try I try to eliminate that or like hard be work, careful yeah. because also I realize that it can be very crushing to people who feel, you know, slighted by it. Oh my god, sorry, it's just reminded me. When I worked in Chicago a uh, music shop in Galway. I wasn't in charge of anyone, but I worked there for a summer while I was in college and there was a girl who worked there. I think she was the daughter of the owner or the daughter of the manager or something and she was maybe 13 or 14. She would come in like on Saturdays and just like do a Saturday in the shop or whatever. I remember at one point I got taken aside and I got told I was making her feel that I was intimidating her and that I that um, they would prefer if I didn't sing anymore. What? <laughs> I used to be singing along with everything like behind the tilt not necessarily when there were loads of customers in the shop but you know if you're there on your own yeah why was that intimidating to her I don't her? know I'm such a good singer. or she just hated it yeah or maybe she I just mean, thought that I was like maybe she thought it was some kind of weird power move when she'd be <laughs> like Rosemary do you want me to and I'd be like over protected <laughs> I don't know I or maybe the two weren't connected and they were just using it as an excuse to tell you to stop singing maybe there were two separate things and i just put them together i am thinking about an intern who absolutely hated me one time and told me when they were leaving like this was when i when we were in paris there was this duo and they were absolutely bizarre right they were this these <laughs> mates and uh i i thought we all got on very well right and then i th- i can't remember what happened i think we moved them from the accessories department to like apparel and they never forgive us. I can't quite remember the details, but I remember at the end they came up and were like, you were the worst fucking manager we ever had. You are a dick. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? I'm sure I was just like, well, you know, you would say that. I don't know. I'm sure I had no witty comeback. I was probably just like, am I? I probably started crying. Am I? <laughs> oh, you probably did. Yeah, well, not in front of them. No, of course not. But that's actually the word Like, I think I've always tried. Well, I've almost always tried not to burn bridges, except for that one place where I had him a nose and then the <laughs> person never spoke to me again. Then I. What about that other know. place where, like, I think you know, you worked with somebody who you probably diced it with kerosene on the way out and like lit a massive bridge burn. That doesn't make sense, but you know what I'm saying. We we are in agreement. We, we are <laughs> in agreement. We're talking about the exact <laughs> same place. Yeah, I mean, if if I could have lit a match on the way out and just ensured that only he burned, would have <laughs> done it. Oh, my God. I remember seeing him actually several times around town on his bicycle afterwards, like the Wicked Witch of the West. Every time I saw him, i like, oh. And he would never say I either. I think... It was, who who was it saw him falling off his bicycle one time? <laughs> it's just like the best story. Not like now. He didn't hurt himself, although I honestly wouldn't have minded if he had, but I think he just toppled off. What do you mean you wouldn't have minded? You just literally said you'd like to burn him down in a building. Ah, uh, Yeah, I know, but I just want to like... In case people think I'm being really... I mean... Honestly, if he like, if you knew this person, you agree with me. <laughs> you would. <laughs> everybody, almost everybody. Is this not? Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll talk about those stories another point. So it's not the person who commented on your leggings. I can't talk about that because then when I wrote about that on my blog, I, that person threatened to sue me for, for uh, defamation. I but it's not defamation this. if you don't mention their name. It's defamation if they're identifiable. But they won't be identifiable. She is not identifiable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was basically, I, I I came back to work one day. I was, I was, I was very fit at the time, so I was used to go and work out my lunch break. And I came back and I, I hadn't changed out of my workout clothes yet. I was having lunch like, in the in the work kitchen. And this person, they walked by and went, what the hell are those? At my trousers. And I was like, what? I was like, what the hell are they? And I went, their leggings. And this person said, that's not exactly appropriate work attire. And I was like, literally there are four young 20-something interns in the kitchen currently wearing leggings. Each of them, like, in different colours. You know what I mean? Like, black, navy, leather. He he seemed to exclusively hire young blonde girls who who wore leggings. They. Did you not say uh, as well they. that they had also complimented a legging wearer at an earlier point, at an earlier juncture? I mean, I'm sure, on, they, I'm sure they had. On but, a wonderful but ensemble. Then, but then one of the girls popped her head out of the kitchen and said, oh yeah, we all wear leggings. <laughs> I was like, Thanks was actually nice of her because like she could have said nothing but it was like sound thank you <laughs> but then but then I wrote about this in the context of but how is that defamation well because because I said that some people were fat phobic oh I was about to say I was they, talking, just being about, legging haters. talking about fat no death listen it was it, this person was not a legging hater this person was a legging lover on the right legs <laughs> is I'd say how they'd say it Should, honestly the stories I could tell when this person do- drops dead I tell you I'm going to, we're going to have an entire 10 episode series dedicated <laughs> to this person, this person said. This <laughs> person. So their bicycle and into the Liffey. I'm fatally, gonna, yes, fatally wounds themselves. Oh God, I'm going to tell you the God, best of my I can't wait. I'll, I'll probably be 62 i like, finally. <laughs> <laughs> finally. I can tell my truth. I can speak my truth. <laughs> I can't wait. I'll, I'll, I'll never let him go. I'll look like that old age progressed. Yes, <laughs> I was like hmm I don't know that any Hollywood star looks like that at 80 let alone whatever ah, age I, I think Glenn Close looked a bit like that in hillbilly <laughs> thanks a lot I just was more Hello. thinking of all the plastic surgery that I'm going to have to have if I want to look remotely decent when I'm older did don't you make any comments you're right? not supposed to talk about the plastic surgery you're going to have you're just supposed to emerge like a butterfly I'm not going to do that I'm not going to I'm not going to gaslight people I'm not into that Rosemary <laughs> do you have anything else to add well what do you think What who have been so you enjoyed working for Kirsty which mm-hmm. is very convenient I think that might um, be it yeah that might be I was going to say what makes oh no you liked some of your Irish Times managers as well but you did not like some of the other ones but what makes a good manager what makes a bad manager what should people avoid doing as managers I'd say avoid micromanaging right like oh, yeah, get but it's, oh, but you it know, is hard but it is really hard. hard but like learn to, learn not to micromanage yeah you know what I think one of the most important things is if if you're a manager, you really need to trust the person who's working for you. Like like you said, trust that they're there and they want to do a good job. Mm. Like trust that they're doing their best. I think you, but I think in turn, you said something very wise earlier on. Trust that the way they do things may not be the way that you do them. And that as long yeah. as the work gets done at the end, ala me, exactly, a la my not planning, that is this okay? And also you may not even like 100%. But I feel like there's, you know, who were we talking about the other day? Uh, Don said oh, they're like a dog. They just want to pee on everything just to make sure they got, you know, they got their say. They got to be a part of it and then they'll let you do it. You yeah, know? there are definitely a lot of managers like that that I've, that I've dealt with. Or, you know, even just people who will take credit for... Oh like, my God. Not even just take credit for your work because like, like maybe if you're the manager and you came up with the overall no, concept... or no. I have a good example for you. No, no, no. But I was just going to say like a thank you and a recognition of the work that you've put in. And I know that you don't have to thank people who work for you? It's their job. Well, you don't but have to do many like, things, right? Yeah, but I'm also—it's so easy. No, I will tell you about the support. one of the things that a manager who I well, she was actually quite kind of nuts, right? She was very, she was always skedaddling around the place and like whizzing in in her taxi and talking about all the big purchases she was going to make, like a bit, a bit of a wannabe, right? But she was funny and she was nice. And you know, that kind of person where you're a bit like, you have the potential to be a really cool person, but you're trying too hard. You know, that kind of thing. And she was always like, oh, my husband and I are buying this. Like, how much is that fridge? 20 grand? Oh, yeah. Let me just write down the name. But I think that's the one I'm going to get. I was like, oh, right. Like just a bit. But she was cool and she was very quirky and, you know, I liked her anyway. But she was the kind of like entirely... Unpresent manager You know where you're a bit yeah. like What are you actually doing all day Because you're certainly not overseeing Anything yeah. that I'm doing She'd be come in like An hour before the presentation Quick walk me through this mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. actually a very good merchant She was very good at. She had a really good eye So I mean she did have a lot of talent I just didn't benefit from it Learning any yeah, of it, yeah. right? She was not your mentor. Absolutely not. She was my anti mentor. Anyway, she, oh yeah, so I pitched this idea to her. I said, like, should we do vintage reissues because this brand was so big, you know, and it, it was really not cool anymore? And I said, "Look, should we do like a vintage capsule? I think people would really respond to that and it's very timely, blah, blah, blah. I don't know about that. She goes, well, why don't you just mock it up and show it to me? So I mock it up, I show it to her, right? Never gets mentioned again. Then we have a massive presentation with the, all the heads of the company, including the CEO. And she just whips this thing out of the back closet and Goes, I had this idea for, you know, my work basically for a, but again, it wasn't like that. I considered it my work, you know, but she literally goes, I've had this idea for a bit yeah. it wasn't even like Beatrice worked on it or, or like not even like, like I talked to the team about this and we mm-hmm. came up with, but also the fact was she had been like, oh no, I don't think so. Yeah, and like, yeah. sought, you know, and, and, but I mean, I was also going, she mustn't have any self-awareness because I'm here. No, she did not care. Yeah, she didn't care. And I never forgave her for that. Like, at that point, it wasn't so much that I was raging. I just had zero respect for her after yeah, that. Yeah. You know, and like, I think once yeah. you lose respect, it's a bit like you were saying, even if you're offered a ton of money to stay, if you've decided you're gone, yeah. you're mentally gone. Like, I think it's really hard once people have decided they're leaving and hand in their notice. I actually think there's almost no point in convincing them to yeah, stay. Same, yeah. Because they're psych like, psychologically, they are, they're off. But in a greener past, you're having a great time. You know what? By that same token, if you had caught that person six months earlier and realized that they weren't happy with X, Y, Z, you could have actually, not you, you, but like that could have been turned around. So I think it's really important as a manager to always have that line of communication open You know what I mean? To try and try to make it clear to people. Like if you're not happy with something, let's talk about it. Yeah, I do think that's a good one because people don't. They don't. No, And like especially Irish people, I think they basically just shoe in their jobs and go, my God, I'm like I'm being bullied by this person or like this person is micromanaging me or I was told that I'd get this responsibility and I didn't. But I don't want to like I'm not going to confront anyone about it. I'm just going to be angry and angry and angry Mm -hmm. until I get a new job. On the other hand, I would not say I hate my job. I'm leaving if you don't do X right because that is no 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 of course not no no not of course that's an approach many people take oh right and i think that's the one where you just like the other person goes okay well you know yeah well that's that's your choice i mean of course that's your choice It's not really a threat because it's your career and your life and if you want to leave feel free you know so i feel like it's a weird one like if you don't do this you have to make this like yeah, there's a like, compelling there's, argument. There's no incentive for me to do yeah. that when I could just hire somebody yeah, who's going to be better and more motivated and happier at their job than you. Yes, and less likely to annoy me with a statement like this. <laughs> if you don't give me this, yeah. I'm going to do this. But yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think trust, like, like trusting your staff, like basically also like make like if your staff thinks I often think about managers that I'm like you know sometimes you kind of inherit a manager or a manager inherits you right and I go into it and I'm like would this person hire me mm-hmm. I do that think, myself yeah and I think sometimes if if I have thought oh they're making it blatantly obvious that they don't think I'm with the shop and they wouldn't hire me. And then I'm like, I've no interest in doing good work for you. You've no interest in fostering me and encouraging me to do good work. We're not going to mesh well together. You know what I mean? So is it basically about treating people the way you yourself would want to be treated quite genuinely? I think it is because I I very often, it It is hard because I don't think people even have that thought. I see people managing other people and I go like they, this is like their own worst nightmare. because like everybody has a different style. Like some people are you know don't tell you at all what's going on but then the people the minute they have a direct report they're like what's it she didn't tell me she was going for lunch yeah. she didn't tell me this and I'm yeah. like this is like are you seeing this yeah, yeah you know but also you didn't have to do that do you know what I mean like when you were at that level oh yeah. Andrew wasn't asking that yeah. of you it's yeah. just yeah. that you now like miss having oversight of what's exactly going on in mm-hmm. that role and that's a really really hard thing to let go of. but I also think people get very caught up in like well when I was at that level I did x y, oh Z. god I hate that yeah but I mean, I hear myself saying it sometimes as well. Well, I worked a lot harder when I was I in know, my 20s, yeah. you know? And yeah. then I go, but like, but like, so what? You know, I didn't think it was great. Like, should I be requiring that they go through the same torture that yeah, I went yeah. through? Like, no. Should I be requiring that they wait until 3 a.m. for a meeting that I am going to, like, announce on a whim? Yeah. No. I, I but, shouldn't, like, right? You did. But it does make it, anno- like, not annoying, but it does make it a little bit frustrating when you have somebody who's maybe just started out and it's, like, has a job that maybe they're not, like, outwardly perfectly qualified for, but they really impressed in an interview and you're like, I'm going to give this person a chance. And then that person turns up and is like late five days in a row. I think it's more about, I think the challenge is more about you have a perspective. Like I have perspective on how things could be better, how things could be worse. Mm. Some people don't have any perspective because maybe it's their first job. They've only done this job. You know, they've been in this job for a long time. So they've forgotten that. You know, this is not the same way it is everywhere. So it's not to say that I'm trying to punish them, but I think there's a lack sometimes of, oh, you know what? I'm actually at work, like, and maybe things are okay. You know, maybe it's not perfect, but maybe this is maybe this is actually fine. You know, and I think people do, though, want they have an expectation that like they should be happy all the time. And I feel like Mm. I do bits of my job that I don't like. You know, I don't like everything I do. Or like you definitely have days where you're like, I'd rather be in bed. I mm, actually really like my job But like there no, are things no, no. that I do But I know I, you do But like there are definitely days Where anybody's like Oh god Like I'm You know oh, I have this these five back to back meetings And I'm tired And I would mm. rather be I actually really don't ever think that Do you not? No I mean sometimes I'd like to sleep in a bit longer But like I don't ever think I'd like to just stay in bed I like going to work I like my job But mm. But I do think that I think you're right though Like I think that Yeah I don't know. I don't really you're think i have to delete so many of these episodes why I ever decide to get back to work for seriously. I'm like, I literally sound like the least employable person in the world. I'm terrible boss. Terrible like direct report. Half the time I don't want to be there. Maybe you shouldn't be saying that. You should be saying, despite what you're thinking, <laughs> I'm an amazing boss. No, I'm saying I'm making myself sound oh, yes. like these yes. things that are patently untrue. Our next episode is going to be why Rosemary is actually not as bad. <laughs> As she's making herself. She's just very self-deprecating. Which we'll say, is very endearing. We'll say how Rosemary has an active imagination and all those stories were figments. How how Rosemary really talks herself down. <laughs> yes, exactly. Talk about Rosemary's low, maybe, low maybe confidence. Maybe we'll have Kirsty on as a special guest to talk about. Oh, her. great I am. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> oh my God, Kirsty's always sending me messages going like this. Stadia, I can't believe. Like, like Just like stuff that I'll do on Instagram stories and she's like, "Like are, are you really buying Crocs now or like something? She just, she's my Are you really buying Crocs? Crocs? Yes, you are. Crocs by Vera Bradley. They're the dope cutest things I've ever seen they are very cute but I also saw Kiara Fran you bought crocs now I want crocs listen she bought lilac crocs tell Kirsty crocs are cool well Kirsty didn't actually mess with me about the crocs okay sorry Kirsty sorry, sorry Kirsty I thought you were a, fa- I thought you a fashion anti- editor Kirsty's not I'm, I don't know if Kirsty is anti your pro crocs I mean <laughs> <laughs> oh this is sorry Kirsty said nothing about the crocs I'm, I'm sorry I even brought that up you shouldn't have misquoted you shouldn't have you shouldn't have put words into Kirsty's mouth that were not there Kirsty's mouth <laughs> For me. Okay, That is? it. I think that's it. Beatrice is a great boss. I'm a crap boss. <laughs> Luckily, I'm nobody's boss right now except for own I mean, I don't actually know if I am a good boss. I don't really not don't really want to invite any comments either. I think I like to just stay where I am, thinking that I'm good enough. Well, but I, like, just think, I just think there's always sound... room for improvement. You you sound like once again. Think what would my American self say? I oh. never say there's room. Oh for my for god, improvement? my American You're self a great would boss. say. My American self would say. I've worked a lot on. You know I really read a lot of books I've done a okay. lot all of all your coachings are done. oh my God, they're disgraceful and like um, nice I would say that I genuinely take managing people very seriously, and Just I read a lot of books on I the have subject. read a lot of books and I've done a lot of courses and I spend a lot Just of time a lot of points and leaving <laughs> and i'm no i really and I'm very interested in it i yeah. i I find the psychology of people very interesting, but you know what you also want like You want to be a good manager. Like you want your staff to do well. They're not my staff, my team. Your team, sorry. My colleagues. Yeah, you want your colleagues to do well. You want your team to do well. And you want to help them. Whereas I think a lot of managers... They don't really think about it like that. Like they think, I want the end product to be good, and like God, I could do it better myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think often there's not as much of an emphasis on the people. Sorry, I know we were wrapping up, and now I'm like, yeah. You know, what well, you no, think? I think like I want people to be happy. I want people to enjoy yeah. coming to work. I want them to feel fulfilled because you spend so but, much of your time at work. I want them to actually but enjoy I think, showing I think up. That's actually unusual. Like I think. A, oh, I, I don't think it's I, that unusual. No. Well, like I don't think you're like fucking special snowflake, one in a million. <laughs> but I don't think all managers think like that. I don't think that's automatic well, to I a lot of people I don't think, to manager level. I don't think that occurs to yeah, them. I think a lot of people aren't very involved in investing in like being better at managing. They try to be yeah. a good manager, but they're not necessarily think it, dedicating maybe as much headspace to it as I am. Yeah, right? but I also think a lot of people get to management level. And by a lot of people, I mean men. And when they get there... Hashtag not all men on this podcast. I didn't say all. I said a lot. I think a lot of men get to the point where they're they're given like manager position and therefore they think I am a manager now therefore I am good at this because I was given this job do you know what I mean and 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 like I just think and I say this is true like statistically that men are a lot less like men who are in management positions are a lot less likely to think about how to be better managers to read books on being better managers to really think about am I a good manager like no no man well it's so that great book true. by Tommaso Premuzic. Mm-hmm. Chamorro whatever his name is why, incom- why Incompetent Men Become Leaders I recommend it It's great Not book. all incompetent men huh. Hashtag Not, not all, all but some incompetent men. men but it's actually brilliant Um, and I left it on all the tables around the office and Did you really? Yes I did and nobody noticed I was super annoyed I kept dropping it on random tables and oh, then coming sorry. back to pick it, it up I thought you just bought 10 and like put them like dulled them out No no I just kept leaving funnier. it I kept strategically leaving it on like men's desks and nobody noticed Top management there <laughs> Thank right. you all. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to Not Without My Sister. You can check us out on Instagram at Not Without My Sister, individually at Rosemary McCabe at Beatrice McCabe. Our website's notwithoutmysis.com. Email us, notwithoutmysis at gmail.com. But before you do any of that, go on to either Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five star rating and a review. That would be very, very lovely. And tell all of your friends. Tell all of your friends. If you don't want to do a review, it's super easy to just tell your friends, please. And also, you know what? Tell some men. I feel like we don't have enough male listeners. Well, I mean, that's because you're scaring them off with all of your comments. At the end they, they, they would listen to the whole Actually, I, I did read that. that men don't listen as far into podcasts as women exactly. do. Yeah. So, as long as we keep the the <laughs> misandry to the end of the podcast, we're fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening. You'll get us on Friday for a, a, a mini suit, equally well thought out and sexist. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Not Without My Sister is produced by Liam Garrity. Sound and original music by Don Kirkland. And our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Not Without My Sister is a member of The Warren. As is our podcast, The Critter Shed. For more great podcasts, hop along to thewarren.ie.